This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. The shootout continues. Am I talking about UCLA's campus or am I talking about the presidential trail? Both, believe me, both. Very tossed. Welcome back, best and brightest, and you are. I am Jay Severin, and believe myself on my best days to be worthy of you. I always say a little prayer that this will be one of them. Let's find out. one 888 Our headline is the headline. There is an active shooter situation on, and I use that as a professional term of art, not my profession, law enforcement, Uh, an active shooter situation, though in civilian terms, not tremendously active at the moment. That is to say, there is not on television pictures of the SWAT team that has cornered one or more suspects, and they're having a shootout, or that there are hostages, or anything else. Now, David, David's producing the show today. David, do you know whether any of the spontaneous updates that are offered via networks, websites, etc., do you know whether we do, will uh, have appropriate access to any of those? Because I understand the LAPD is... Uh, uh, either right now at this minute, and I think it is live, uh, they're updating the situation, and they will from time to time. Do you know whether we have pop access to any of that? Uh, not yet. Okay. Uh, we're working on it? Yes, sir. Okay, great. Uh, and that's, uh, David, sorry, unfair to you to catch you up like that live. I just didn't have, uh, uh, with everything going on here, we didn't have a moment to d- discuss that. So, what we have so far, what we know so far, what's being reported so far, and let me give you this much of an update. Yes, this is a live update that's being given, and whoever it is, I don't know if it's FBI or L.A. County or LAPD or SWAT, but whoever it is is someone in charge, and what they're saying is, okay, sorry, it's Charlie Beck, a chief of the LAPD. We have the live feed if you want. Go. Let's go with it. Live feed. Let's go. Charlie Beck, LAPD chief. It's a very stressful time for them, and we are trying to alleviate that. Uh, We do not believe there are 
There is no evidence to support outstanding suspects at this point, but we are out of an abundance of caution, going to continue our search of several of the uh, buildings uh, adjacent to the crime scene. So at this time, we should just say you guys believe there is, there, there is evidence there that, would be, uh, that, that could be a suicide note, but we do not know that at this point. No, I do not know that at this point. Uh, but male, female, and believe... Two males, two male adults. No, two males. Okay. Chief, where did it happen? Was this a classroom? Yeah. Was it an office? So it's a, it's a small office in the engineering building. Were they students? I don't know that. Did they know each other? I don't, we don't, we don't, we don't have the identities, nor would I release them till the coroner has verified that. So you can ask all the questions you want about identity, but you're not going to get anywhere. So one, one gun recovered? One gun recovered? There is a gun at the scene. Was the dead at the scene or dead at the hospital? No, they're both deceased at the scene. Shots fired? How many shots fired? UCLA PD responded to a report of three shots fired. We don't know if there were more than that, but at least three. All right, thank you all very much. There, there, there will be continuing information, uh, and the, the school will go about its business of reopening. Thank you very much. All right, so there we have it, an update by the LAPD chief. And what we've got is two male adults dead in murder-suicide. That's the title right now being reported nationally. Uh, two male adult Two male adults dead in murder-suicide at UCLA, on campus at UCLA. No other fatalities or injuries, hostages, or mayhem reported. No danger anymore, at least as of this moment, no danger to the LA campus, or the UCLA campus. That is, that's not my surmise. That, too, is being reported. There is no danger at, uh, at present moment to the UCLA campus, although, of course, that could have been reported 10 hours ago. And there's no danger to the UCLA. There's, no, there's never any danger uh, to someplace until it happens. But the, the, the actually stunningly quick conclusion of law enforcement on the ground finding and announcing, as they have, that this is a murder-suicide, the particularity of that kind of crime, as those of you with a certain backgrounds will know, that automatically leads you to a fairly safe conclusion that there is no more danger because a murder-suicide pact and a murder-suicide carried out when it's between two people, very rarely involves harming anybody else. So it's not as if, and the, the distinction I'm making here is that what you, what we evidently did not have was somebody running wild on the UCLA campus killing at random, nor assassinating a person in particular uh, uh, per assassination. What we had is two male adults assassinating each other by presumably prearrangement and no one else endangered or taken hostage and no continuing danger as of now. So as of now, what, what we have is a murder-suicide. Two people dead, no other injuries, no other danger. We will talk about it if uh, further talk is warranted on that matter. 
Our other big headline today is that I came before you yesterday and posed hysterically as possible uh, the supposition that two things could be happening and and have in, in essence already happened because decisions appear to have been made that change everything in the presidential campaign. Now, by the way, a footnote. I realize we're entering... Uh, I'm going to have a, a further note about this, a, 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 a point of personal privilege in a, in a few moments if I get to it. And that is, you must realize that among the changes that we are living through together right now is that as of Memorial Day, political news shuts down. All news shuts down. It is the doldrums of the news media industry. It's summertime. Well, that is going to be different this summer, like everything is different right now, like this presidential campaign is different. Ain't going to be no doldrums. Go on, get out of here, doldrums. There really there ain't going to be no doldrums. Quote me on that. And as part of that, things continue to happen. I said yesterday two things were happening slash happened that could change this race and everything about it. And if they change the race, like almost anything that change the race, changes the race at this point, what it does is, is every byproduct of literally, as I see it, every major scenario you throw at this race right now that's different than Hillary versus Trump has the predictable outcome of guaranteeing that Clinton is president. Okay? So if one more candidate gets in, Hillary's president. If two more candidates get in, Hillary is president. If three more candidates get in, and right now a four-candidate race is plausible, and a five-candidate race is not wildly implausible. But for every person you add, there is an exponentially greater chance Hillary Clinton is going to be the next president. Because she starts out, Hillary versus Trump starts out, presumably as Hillary being favored. I don't happen to agree with that. I'm one of the few people who said it, uh, it was saying it at all, and you know we said it first here. I believe, and this is now old news, but we said here now, a couple months ago, the host said here, Trump could win in a landslide. And of course, that meant as everything you say and I say means, as of what we know as of this moment. Well, what we know as of this moment is the two things may have changed. There may be additional candidate candidates. That seems certain. Details about which in a moment evolved since just yesterday, as predicted. And the second one, uh, which we'll, of course, also uh, discuss, is just as important and just as troubling. And they all result in Hillary. That's why we need to discuss them. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. You are the best and brightest. I am Jay Severin. 1-888-900-3393. one 3393 What guarantees that this will be the Civic Circus Moximus to the mocks every day between now and not the conventions, between now and not the last 30 days of the fall campaign, not what it's like between early November and Christmas with this election being dissected or maybe, maybe not determined. Go go to a bookie on this. London is taking bets on this right now that there will not be an American... I'm not saying they're saying this will happen. I'm saying they're taking bets on it. That I don't know what the odds are, but you can get odds on the bet that there will not be a new American president of the United States on January 21st next year. You can place... You can go online and make a bet right now that... This will, this campaign, the presidency of the United States of America will not be determined by Inauguration Day next year. There are people taking money on the bet that the election will not be decided for the first time in American history. And and the reason for which is the reasons we've discussed. Multiple candidates. If it's if it's Clinton and Trump, there will be a winner. There is a slight chance, not slight, uh, there, there's somewhere between a slight and and low moderate chance that if it's uh, Clinton-Trump, it could wind up in the House of Representatives. So close that nobody gets 270 or 272 in the uh, uh, Electoral College. And it goes to the House, in which case, as you know, the rhinos headed by head rhino, Speaker Ryan, will give the election to as close to a rhino as they can get. But the House of Representatives will determine who is president. Unless, of course, they don't. Unless, of course, there is a mutiny of some kind. Everything is possible this year. The first thing that's going to show this is when the conventions... Oh, man. I mean, I love July. June can be fickle weather-wise. But July is like Friday night of summer. 
July is summer. I mean, I, I live on the East Coast, so I know for many of us, we, we get to be lucky, unlucky, depending on the weather we like, depending on your favorite meteorological conditions and what turns you on. For me, as a denizen of the East Coast, born and bred, July is to summer what Friday night is to a weekend. It's, 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 it's really the weekend, and it's far from being Monday morning when I have to go back to school. And July is dead summer. Anyway, that's where it happens on the East Coast, or always has, that all of a sudden, you know, June kind of starts out as mild, and you realize it, it, isn't, it isn't like spring or winter anymore. And then by July, you're in dead summer. And it ain't even August yet. This July, we are going to have political conventions. And there is every chance that they are going to be anarchy. And the, the first prospect that we could end up with no president, no president at all, uh, by virtue of the election, or a president chosen by politicians instead of the people, or God only knows what, will be indicated first by the barometer of the conventions. And the conventions could be wild, or they could settle down into, you know, eh. But you know what? I don't think they're going to be meh. I think they're going to be NFL playoffs level exciting, maybe seventh game of the cup finals exciting. Rush said today that Ari Emanuel, who is the the agent of all agents, if you've ever seen Entourage, Ari, the agent in Entourage, was named Ari because he's named after Ari Emanuel, who is, yes, Ram Emanuel's brother. There are, I believe, four Emanuel brothers. One's the biggest agent that is or ever was in Hollywood. The other one's the mayor of Chicago and and might well run for president and be. Hold on here. President of the United States. And the other two brothers are also real underachievers. One's like a brain surgeon, you know, chief of neurosurgery at you know, the Mayo Clinic or something. And I can, the, the fourth one is Mother Teresa. I mean, so uh, I don't agree with their politics, but whatever they were feeding, whatever they were feeding the Emmanuel kids, give it to your kids. I'm going to give it to mine. All right. These conventions, oh, why I mentioned Ari Emmanuel. Rush said today, and he knows Ari, Rush says that Ari wants, has offered to script the Trump convention. And and that's like, okay, you know, wow, big deal. Yeah, but the reason it's a big deal is that no one in Hollywood has ever wanted to touch, not in our lifetimes, has wanted to touch anything you know, not Democrat. The notion that Ari Emanuel, who is, who is the arbiter of what is in Hollywood, in the entertainment industry, he represents every name you would recognize and all the names I wouldn't. But 
if he represents Marie Osmond, she's not that busy with gigs right now. What would a private birthday party cost me for her personal appearance? Uh, it, and, you know, and it wouldn't have to be a birthday. And it could be at odd hours. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily wouldn't have to be prime time. In fact, I would prefer it, it were not. Uh, it, if Ari Emanuel, left-wing agent of agents, and this, as Rush says, if he wants to script the Trump convention, he means, that means he recognizes it is huge, huge. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. The Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Boy, girl, is there news today? All right, the two things that have happened that change everything, per our discussion yesterday, have, of course, evolved since yesterday. Number one is that Bill Crystal, he, nice fellow, who is the flagship mouthpiece for neo-rhinoism and without a single correct piece of analysis uh, in, in uh, on matters of major political uh, import ever, so far as I could tell, although I like him very much personally, and I do, said that he was promising. And what he didn't say was, here's what he didn't say at the beginning of his speech Sunday. I represent the rhinos who are determined to deprive Donald Trump the presidency. Deprive him of the nomination if possible, but if it's too late to do that, weaken, attack, and poison him to the extent that the nomination will not matter. I represent a group of people who will give their fortunes, reputations, and energies, and anything else they can give in order to destroy Donald Trump's prospects of being president. That's what Bill Crystal did not say, but that is the quintessence of Bill Crystal's message. He went on to say, Hi, I'm Bill Crystal. Uh, there's going to be a third party candidate, and uh, he'll be plausible and credible and major and money and a, a great chance of winning. And, and we talked all about this yesterday. Well, David French. David French. David French. I give you David French. (laughs) 
I said, David French, come on. You guys take this seriously. This is the Rhinos candidate for president. And you know what? It doesn't matter that it's David French. David French. It doesn't matter. It, do, it could have been Casper the Friendly Ghost. It could be Casper the Friendly Ghost. It might as well be Casper the Friendly Ghost because it just simply doesn't matter. There is an existing group of rhinos in government and obviously without, and they are the never-Trumpers, and they're looking for someone to vote for so that they don't have to live with the mortal sin, the personal and patriotic degradation of having voted for a communist and a horror show, Hillary Clinton, to be president of the United States. And on any thin pretext in order to, they think, save their political souls, they're looking for someone that they could say, now, here's a guy. It doesn't matter that he has no chance to win. It doesn't know chance to win. Now, just I know this may be the cheapest of virtues, but let us for a moment consider it. What does it say of a man or woman who looks you straight in the eye and says, no, no, you know, he's got a chance. What does it say of a man or woman who takes seriously their vote and yours <laughs> that would look you in the eye and say, I'm voting for David French. I really wanted to all along. I was just hoping and praying he would run. But now I'm going to have that opportunity. I'm voting for David French. And again, looking you straight in the eye, says to you, and I believe he can win. See, no one's going to tell you. These people are so shameless that they're not going to tell you he can't possibly win. Even though if you polygraphed them, you'd get a 100. They, they don't believe he can win. It doesn't matter. It could have been French's mustard. I'm telling you, if the French voted, then maybe David French would have a chance. This is if, if all the French voted, if everyone who likes French food voted, maybe David French would. If everyone who likes French dressing voted, maybe, maybe David French would have a chance. What does it say about the people who knowingly, obviously, demonstrably, transparently are putting up an unknown without a chance for the singular purpose of depriving the presidency to the man who won the most votes in the primaries. Do you realize the statement that, Bill, I have never been right, Crystal? Bill, I have never been conservative, Crystal. Do you realize the statement that, that Bill, and I ask this rhetorically, I am not being condescending, this is what you pay me to think about 24 hours a day, and you're getting your money's worth. 
um, can, can you imagine the statement that Bill Crystal and Paul Ryan et al. are making when they push in your face an unknown and they say, well, you the people had a chance to vote. And you have overwhelmingly, who, who are not voting for Hillary, you have overwhelmingly decided and cast your vote for Donald Trump. And again, to me, I'm not a Trump guy. I don't, you know, I, I'm Ted Cruz guy. I'm still a Ted Cruz guy because the Republican Party doesn't have a nominee. And you know when the nominee is. When at the convention, the votes having been cast, we hereby officially declare Donald Trump to be the official designee of the Republican Party. There it is. When that happens, the party has a nominee. Hasn't happened. Until happens, we I'm I'm for Ted Cruz. Yeah. Get that straightened out again. Uh so I don't say this as 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 a Donald Trump guy. I say this as an American patriot. I say this to other American patriots. In helping you to judge what Bill Crystal at all are up to. They don't believe in David French. They don't know who David French is. You don't know who David French is. And those of you who vote for David French don't know him now. And you won't know him when you vote for him. Shame on you. I hope there isn't anyone in this audience to whom this applies. But the fact is, this is the original red herring. This is the biblical red herring this is the this is dishonest this is the most you want to talk about negative politics the most negative american politics which ever occurred happened when bill crystal took that stage on sunday and said i'm going to produce a third party candidate and then last night said we have him we got him it came down to david french david french david french david french or david french and we decided on David French, because nobody cares. He is an instrument, a singular instrument of the middle finger to everybody who believes in the American political system. Everybody who believes in the American political system believes that you go out, you have our primaries, people vote, the parties pick their primary candidates, and yes, legally, you can put up 25 other candidates if you want. But these people's motives are not honorable. They are dishonorable. They are dishonorable because the essence, the quintessence of their motive is to say F you to you. It is to say, I don't care how you voted. You're stupid. I'm wicked smat. I'm the smat one. You know, I live in Washington. I go on the talk shows. I'm smack. You're stupid. And so how you voted is laughable and stupid and we don't care. If you don't vote the way we, the intelligentsia, want you to vote, we will just negate your vote. We, we, we can't put up our own candidate that we can persuade you is deserving. We can't go win the battle of ideas. So what will we do instead? We will take the uh, monkey wrench of proverb 
and we will throw the monkey wrench into the works. We will befoul the works. We will break down the factory. We'll set the factory on fire. And all of you will be out of jobs, but that's not what matters. What matters is at least this factory that we don't like won't make a profit anymore. Well, this system we don't like because you stupid people voted for the wrong candidate, i.e. someone other than a rhino. You could have had Heb, 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 Heb me, Heb me, Heb me, Heb Bush. You could have had him, but you were too stupid. You picked the quote-unquote wrong guy. So the smart guys are going to tell the stupid guys who they should have picked instead, and they're going to put someone in this race they don't know, they don't care about, with no chance of winning for the single purpose of screwing you out of your vote and of degrading and defiling the American political system and to stand up and say, hey, look, you know, uh, the, the great unwashed are too stupid to have voted for Jeb Bush. So if we can't give them Jeb, and we still maybe can if we're shrewd enough, what we can do is take the guy they voted for and trash him. That's what you wanted to know who David French is? That's who he is. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. With you, the best and brightest, one 3393 Please consider, and I, I you know, measure my words. I would say please know this, but I try not to presume. So at least please consider this. Please consider how how insulting, how unpatriotic, how deeply cynical, how profoundly insulting is the act of Bill Crystal et al. who sit by and blabber and the difference between what I do and what makes what they do blabber is that I'm right. And I've been able to prove it at the end of every day, every week, every year, my entire career. And some of these guys have never been right once. But in any case, they sit by and they laugh at you. They mock you when you make your choice. Now, you may not have chosen Trump, but I'm, this, this is certainly applicable. They sat by, and they watched, and they ran their guy, didn't they? They had 17 candidates, any one of whom they preferred over Trump, except for Cruz, okay? And so the way they look at this, you, stooges, had at least 15 chances to pick Heb, 
Hababoosh, or somebody else proper. But you don't have the brains or the breeding to choose the appropriate candidate, so that ought be left to, to your betters, to them. This is what they think. Oh, man, I went to school with them. I went to graduate school with them. I lived with them. I worked with them. I know them. You know, I know them like like a merchant seaman knows the shoals of particular waters he has sailed for 30 years. All I can do, my radio family, is say to you, I know these people. I really do know them. I don't mean, oh, I know them because I, you know, I, I really do know them. And I'm telling you, this is what they think. This is how they think. And if nothing else about this is clear, I hope one thing is clear, that the essence of what they're doing is saying, our choice, even if there are five of us and a million of you, our choice is superior to yours inherently. And you can't be you can't be expected to vote for yourself or chew your own food. So we're going to do it for you, you stooge. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. You are the best and brightest. I am Jay Severin. We are in the middle of the middle of the next middle of something that will change everything about this race. Did I say this race? This campaign? The next president? No, I really meant this country. Unless I disturbed you because you were already twerking. Excelsior! Welcome back, best and brightest, Jay Severin, 1-888-900-3393, 1-888-900-3393. If the reading of your messages via Twitter, at J-A-Y, underscore, S-E-V-E-R-I-N, if the reading of your tweets is indicative, and it generally is, of, you know, of this audience, then... We are on the same wavelength as to, you know, not everything and, you know, not Trump and not, not everything, but we, we appear to be on the same wavelength. There's an overwhelming outpouring of sentiment that, yes, the naming, the, re, the refusal by Bill Crystal, by the Crystalites slash rhinos at all to accept the will of the people who voted and who said, this is who we would like to, to, to be the nominee, whomever that is, that it is their 
obvious, transparent will to undo, to vomit on the choice of the people and say, no, no, we're going to put up a candidate and the and the presentation of that candidate can have only one, well, two uh, effects, uh, two, two sides of the same coin. Uh, side one is we will negate your choice of the candidate that the primaries produced. That's what all, all of this is about, right? All the primaries, the debates, the everything. Okay, so the people produced an apparent Republican nominee, an apparent Republican nominee. But we don't like him, and so we're going to put someone up, not because there's the slightest chance he could win, but we're going to put him up to correct you so that a small group of intellectuals in the New York, Boston, uh, Acela corridor, you know, the, what the, the, so named after the, the train people take if they're not just taking the shuttle back and forth from Washington to New York. We, the intelligentsia, are going to urinate on you and tell you for whom you should have voted. Since you were too stupid to vote for Jeb Bush, hep, hep, we're, we're, going to, we're going to not give you someone who can win. We're going to give you an unknown who can't win anything except he can befoul the candidacy of the of the person you chose. Now, whom they named is David French. He writes for the National Review. I'm told he's a splendid fellow. And of course, so my apologies to him, but none of this is personal. He he knows better than a lot of the people who are today saying hooray, hooray. Both of the people saying hooray, hooray. He knows he wasn't picked for any other reason than to be the wrench thrown into the machinery of the people's voice, of the people's vote. It's perfectly legal. Uh, It just sucks. It's perfectly legal. It's also perfect proof that Bill Crystal et al. are wildly unpatriotic and wildly effete and have wild superiority complexes. This is being done to correct you. It's being done to make sure Donald Trump can't win. Because the bottom line is, and I could have saved you an hour by saying this an hour ago, the purpose of David French... Who? David French... Who? The purpose of David French who? is so that the Republicans won't win, but Bill Crystal will still have a magazine. Uh, the, the Republicans won't win, but, but Paul Ryan will still have a job. Because you were too stupid to pick Hab Bush. Now, what's the second thing that happened? And I'm not going to spend as much time. I'm Believe me, I'm going to spend about a minute on it. Is the <clears throat> mincing, uh, strikingly effeminate, former New Mexico governor, pro-pot, pot-smoking, uh, libertarian, Gary Johnson. He has, in three days, gone from total unknown to virtual unknown. Way to go, Gary. The important part is 
He's closing in on 15% of the vote every day that Sanders voters realize. Asterisk. Big fat asterisk here. Every day Bernie Sanders' younger voters realize that the campaign is over this Tuesday. The campaign is over this Tuesday. You wanted a Super Tuesday? God willing, I'll be here with you for it. It's this Tuesday. Yes, all the other contests have been super in their own way, and without them, we couldn't have had this one. But as it turns out, unsurprisingly, when you think about it, the only truly super Super Tuesday is this coming Tuesday. The California primary. New Jersey happens the same day. There are other states. They're important states. New Jersey is important. But California is everything. California is everything. California is the day when Hillary Clinton will almost certainly go over the top and win the amount of contested delegates. She needs to become, quote-unquote, the nominee. But we also know that if it were not for the prearranged hundreds and hundreds of superdelegates taken off the board and immediately given to, for free, uncontested, to Hillary Clinton, so the party could decide who wins the nomination. The Democrat Party is just like Bill Kristol on the Republican side. They've just been doing it longer and better. They're not going to let you decide who runs for office. Are you kidding me? But just before we get to that, I mean, just having wetted your whistle for that, let me just move back a space and say, okay, David French, but what's the other? The David French runs. Who? David French runs. Who? David French runs, and he gets 1% of the vote, 2% of the vote. I'd say he maxes out, maxes out at three. Three would surprise me. One in a close election is way more than enough to give the election to Hillary Clinton. The addition of any candidate I've heard of, any candidate likely to join the race, even unknowns, other unknowns, 1% of the vote in a close election is way, way more than enough to hand it to Hillary Clinton. Every candidate added to the slate of Clinton v. Trump guarantees the election for Hillary Clinton. Now, so you've got David French, and now you've got the mincing Gary Johnson, the uh, pot-smoking, mincing Gary Johnson of New Mexico, who is in national poll, good national polls, in the Fox poll right now. He's at 10%. But see, 10% doesn't, is not what this is about. Just like David French. Oh! 10% means that when you do a Hillary versus Trump, Trump beats her. When you do a Hillary versus Trump and you throw in Gary Johnson... Hillary wins. The addition of any candidate to this race splits the vote such that it guarantees Hillary's victory. 
doesn't matter. Who? Doesn't matter. Anybody added to Hillary v. Trump guarantees victory for that fat, lying, criminal Marxist Hillary Clinton. Uh, uh, Now, an asterisk to which I made allusion, Bernie Sanders v. Trump, Bernie beats him. Bernie Bernie beats him like a baby seal. Bernie Sanders beats Donald Trump by more than 10 points in a direct election. Which leads us to why Doug Schoen, one of my oldest, closest friends, as I think you know, who has been on this show many times, and oop, by the way, will be here on Monday. I talked to him today, earlier, he's traveling, uh, he wrote an op-ed piece for today's Wall Street Journal. And so I said, oh, you Dougie boy, Doug boy. I call him that because of Mr. Roberts. But let's not get hung up because only two of us know what I'm talking about. Doug boy, uh, you have to be on the show today. Uh, unless you're at Rangers training camp or something. And, uh, and he said, love to, love to, traveling, next two days, can't. Uh, next time I could be on is Monday. How about that? So he'll be here Monday. Today's Wall Street Journal, a stunning op-ed piece, and it says Hillary Clinton may not be the Democrat candidate. That, explained and explored, next. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Okay, Jay Severin, best and brightest, 1-888-900-3393. Doug Schoen writes a piece, Wall Street Journal today, says, for the first time, it is more than theoretical that Hillary Clinton will not be the Democrat candidate for president. It's earth-shattering, especially because Doug wrote it because Doug is more closely associated with the Clintons than anybody anybody else in their lives politically. Doug's also the most honest and talented political analyst in the world. And what he says is, well, I'm going to let him tell you what he says when he comes this Monday, but the, his thesis is, it all depends on what happens when he's here with us Monday He's going to tell you what happens tomorrow, next Tuesday, is going to determine everything. Let's see what Bruce thinks. Bruce is calling from the very same California. Bruce, welcome. (laughs) Yes. Last time I uh, saw Arnold in person, I was at the next table over from him at the last uh, Milton Friedman uh, event. And it was really great. Oh, excellent. uh, the host asked him my question about the Libertarian Party. You probably remember me. I was a fairly regular caller three years ago on your program. Uh, I, you know, I do. Bruce from California does ring a bell. Uh, did Hot I share the time? Libertarian, remember? I, I was s- openly 
pot smoking libertarian. I'm friends with uh, Dana Rohrabacher and welcome in the oh, yes. Orange County that GOP. Does, that, that, does ri- that does ring the bell louder. I'm a very small level political hack and advisor, you know, at the very lower rankings dealing with smaller candidates. Yeah, which probably makes you a lot bigger than you say, especially because it's <laughs> California. I've run campaigns in California. I know, I know how important regional people are in that state. They're all mini yeah. kingdoms. I worked for Judge Gray. I was senior staff on his Senate campaign until the last couple of weeks when he fired wow. me. So was on Larry Elder's show about that. But it, I it had a lot of that going around. Yeah. I wanted to disagree with you on um, a big picture thing, which is neat, because I was just talking to Please Austin do. Peterson. He was uh, he was a second place guy in the Libertarian event and that whole kerfuffle where he gave his George Washington replica gun to Gary and then yep. Gary threw it in the trash. Yep. So I was working yep. on that story when Gary just admitted it, um, you know, that it actually happened after denying it for days. But Gary's going to take more votes. I wasn't on Gary's team, but Gary's going to take more votes away from from um, Hillary. Gary guarantees a Trump win. No, no, he's not. And by the way, he's yeah. not going to. He's, he's not a. Whether or not he's a libertarian he's couldn't matter less. Nobody, nobody is going to vote for Gary Johnson because he's a libertarian. And nobody's going to come away from the election calling themselves libertarian. It may be that they already are libertarian, as I have been since birth and just didn't know it, which I think you will admit is part of the libertarian, the best and most frustrating part of the libertarian phenomenon in, you know, for a hundred years is that people really are libertarians. They just don't know it. Start up a a club when you were in junior high school because that would have been important. (laughs) <laughs> I was I was already deeply engaged in politics in the uh, fifth or sixth grade, as I think I've mentioned at least once on yeah, the show. In yeah. any case, uh, uh, we disagree on one fundamental precept here, and that is uh, we don't disagree that he'll be significant, Gary Johnson. We don't disagree that he'll be a profoundly disruptive, mathematically speaking, a profoundly disruptive uh, element in the campaign. Uh, nor that he'll split the vote in a profoundly disruptive way. You believe, uh, evidently, that he will cost Hillary more votes than he'll cost Trump. And that's I where saw some internal polling that said that he's taking more votes, because there's three kind of votes he's going to get. He's going to get the votes he takes from the Republican, he's going to get the votes that he takes from the Democrat, and he's going to get the unique votes that people wouldn't have voted otherwise, but now that there's a Libertarian or for whatever reason. The only votes that Gary Johnson is going to get is from disgruntled Sanders supporters, uh, depending on what happens next Tuesday in your state. If Bernie Sanders manages to win California next week, then Gary Johnson may, poof, become who Gary Johnson was a week ago, which is a wildly insignificant character. Because if Hillary, Gary Johnson's existence depends on Hillary Clinton being the nominee. Uh, More precisely, Gary Johnson's existence is made possible only by Bernie not being the nominee. If Bernie is shut out, then there are going to be millions of disgruntled millennials looking for a place to go which once was Trump for maybe 20% of them, just as a protest vote, because many of them are too stupid to understand how stupid that would be for them. I I welcome it, but it's such a stupid thing to do. But again, good for them. 
I hope it's 40%. But it all depends on what happens to Bernie Sanders in California on the real Super Tuesday next week. Because if he manages to beat Clinton and the polls continue to show that she loses to Trump, but he beats the snot out of Trump, I think there is a, you know, a discussion-worthy level here that that the superdelegates may start to defecate uh, to Bernie. Oh, no doubt. But I, I just, I think that Johnson takes, hurts um, the Democrats more than the Republicans because he's such a liberal. I, I, Bruce, uh, I want you to be right more than I want Marie Osmond to show up tonight at my hotel room, clutching in one hand a bag of drugs, in the other hand a a bottle of uh, vodka for frozen already, uh, and a doctor's <laughs> note, a physician's note, diagnosing a severe hypersexuality, which used to be when I was in junior, in junior high called nymphomania. Uh, and yes, her wearing yes, Victoria's right. Secret. If I could have that, or or you being right about Gary Johnson taking more Democrat votes, I'd take Marie Osmond, 3 a.m. Give her my number. Bruce, I, I really do appreciate the call. Check in with us for next week, would you? Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show. Best and brightest, uh, Greg writes, we don't want your truth, Jay. I prefer to insert my own reality. Fair enough, mate. <clears throat> I didn't, I, I can't realistically claim that I don't, that I don't construct a reality here. I, I suppose I, I couldn't do what I do and not, seem to be proffering a reality but it's not my intention i i i believe only the most gifted journalists they have existed and they have existed mostly in my lifetime and in my father's lifetime i i'm a history of journalism uh not just a buff but expert and the great American journalists uh, wrote in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and to a degree in the 70s. And <clears throat> I think that you could probably define what made a great columnist, you see, because different than being a journalist. They're still journalists, but as a columnist, you, you, you get by definition to give your opinion and I guess thereby proffer a reality, a construct, do you know? And I suppose all of us who offer opinion do that. So I hear you. And uh, Greg, I want you to know I really don't, you know, when I say either Excelsior, ever upward, I mean it. When I say Veritas, I mean that true. But it also means I mean that I think I know 
the truth. And uh, I don't know that anyone knows the truth. I know at least one person. Me! But Greg, I, th- I, I thank you for the, uh, the opinion. Caleb, though we disagree on many things, has great taste in movies. Uh, I suspect he's too young to be the expert that our real movie expert is. And forgive me, uh, darling, for not mentioning your name because I can't recall your name right now. I can't put it to the picture and your expertise. Forgive me. But Caleb does know movies. And uh, he mentioned two of them. Uh, Patton, maybe the best war movie ever made. Uh one of the best performances on film ever given by an actor, George C. Scott, as General Patton. Uh, if you've never seen it, you will not get by the pearly gates. Uh, you, you just There is no excuse for not having seen the movie Patton, P-A-T-T-O-N. You need to watch it tonight. There's no excuse for not having seen it. I would say the same for a movie that is underrated, certainly, uh, vis-a-vis Patton, and in general, it, if you ask people, what are the greatest war movies ever made? And again, you know, the first 20 minutes of Saved, Saving Private Ryan is kind of a war mo- what people mean by a war movie. And I don't doubt that that is a, you know, portrays war as it was and thus is a war movie. But I don't know any combat veteran of three generations who has seen both movies, Saving Private Ryan and Black Hawk Down, who will not tell you that Black Hawk Down is by far the most overall realistic depiction of combat. Not over a period of 16 minutes of the landing at Normandy, but over the period of couple of days the way things really are the way things really work the way things really sound the way things really are black hawk down is my favorite war movie no excuse for not having seen it and again by war movie as as my child bride i had to really grab her by the lapels and explain actually she doesn't have anything with lapels but you know what i mean i just needed an excuse to grab her again so i grabbed her and said look it's not it's not a shoot 'em up. Uh, it's a war movie, but it's not about carnage. It's about the psychology of of war, about the existence of of a young man or woman, you know, in war. Well, let's why, why you know, a young man. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, but Black Hawk Down, Black Hawk Down, must see it. But I started to talk about the other one that Caleb mentioned, and that is In Harm's Way. I watched that movie twice this weekend. That's how sick I am. Uh, In harm's way, John Wayne and everybody else who was anybody when that film was made. In harm's way. They tried to make another one like it called The Longest Day. Daryl Zanuck directed uh, The Longest Day. It is epic. It is an epic World War II film. And gives more body and flavor to World War II in the times immediately surrounding the landing at Normandy in its immediate aftermath than 
anything else I know. I've I've read a great number of books about that period, mostly because I had my father, my uncle, uh, others in my immediate family, uh, another uncle. Uh, that's right, uh, Uncle Raleigh, uh, Marine rifleman. Uh, to, to, you know, I've got a lot of members of the family who fought in that theater, and so it's always been an interest of mine. But The Longest Day is not a great movie. It's a great epic, and it's worth watching maybe two or three times. But if you're really looking for a war movie that is but ain't, if you're really looking for a war movie that is about living, as well as fighting, but living during a time of war. And don't get me wrong. It's mostly, a, a, it, ain't, it ain't chick flick. This is mostly a dick flick. This is, you know, this is a guy film, mostly. But if you want a movie about what it was like to live through and fight through World War II, then your movie is in harm's way. And there's no excuse for not seeing it as soon as possible and writing to me or calling me so we could talk about it. Now back to politics. Doug Schoen, political genius. He has transformed Fox Television by just the half-hour segment on which he appears every Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, with Harris Faulkner. Nowhere ever... Has there ever been someone of this skill, international skill level and genius that knows politics? And I don't mean he's like Henry Kissinger. I'm not saying he's a brain now. He is a brain that way. He's a summa cum laude, Harvard, Harvard Law School. He was uh, making $2 million a year uh, as a pollster advisor when he was a sophomore at Harvard. Okay? This guy is the real McCoy. But Doug can talk about precinct politics having a beer. You know, I'm not talking about he's a, like a, a philosophical long beard, though he's that too. But Doug, Doug is on Fox every and Doug's on Fox all the time. Uh, Doug was in the room, was one of like four people in the room when the Clintons made their most agonizing decisions during the Monica Lewinsky thing, during everything. Doug was their closest advisor. Doug tells the truth as he understands it. Nobody else knows as much as Doug and tells as much truth as he does from the Democrat side. Uh, Full disclosure, as I mentioned, Doug's been a close friend of mine for 30, 35 years. We're as close as two heterosexual men can be. We share season hockey tickets. Unless you share a bed, the closest two straight men can be is to share season hockey tickets. We do. Okay. Doug wrote for the Wall Street Journal today, and he'll be here to talk with us about it Monday, 3 o'clock, that for the first time, Hillary Clinton can be talked about as maybe not the candidate. Doug says it more eloquently. And what he means is this Tuesday, Hillary Clinton has been unable to shake. Bernie Sanders has been like a bulldog on a pork chop 
Now, admittedly, there is no known case of a bulldog with jaws sufficiently large that they could fit on this pork chop. (laughs) Come on, stop it. I'm killing me. Really, Hillary Clinton is the biggest pork chop ever was. No bulldog. There's no mammal. There's no carnivore. Jaws could not fit Jaws around Hillary Clinton's buttocks. But Bernie Sanders has managed to. And like a bulldog on the world's biggest poke chop, he won't let go. He won't let go. And she can't knock him off. And he's still there. And she's still virtually assured the nomination. But it all comes down to California. And there are more than two dimensions, but the two main dimensions we need to consider are straight ahead. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. By the way, partners, the way this works out is that I've got a couple weeks vacation uh, between now and Labor Day. And I'm certainly not going to try and take vacation, you know, anytime during the pre or during or immediately after the conventions. So that pretty much shuts out July. I will take a few days in August, and I will take scattered days here and there. And uh, as I plan it, as of this moment, unless something happens, uh, I, I'm I'm trying to time this right. Uh, I will be taking off tomorrow and Friday. Uh, you know, again, unless I guess wrong, and then I'll go back to the boss and say I guessed wrong. Please let me go back and do my show. But I don't expect oh, things will happen. You know, we could do a 10-hour show both days, no question. But I'm just trying to roll the dice here. You know, you got to, you got to, you know, use them or lose them. And so, uh, you know, to be with my family and say, you know, you want to go do this tomorrow, uh, you know, use them or lose them. So I'm going to try. So I wanted you to wanted you to know that. Meanwhile, everything. One of the reasons for that, by the way, is the same thing as a black hole or the laws of gravity. When people know that an epic event, no, I mean epic event, did I say epic is going to occur, then it's it's like a black hole. It sucks in all the light. You know, around it, all the light gets sucked into it, all the gravity, all the light, all the everything to be technically uh, specific here. Uh, And that's what's happening Tuesday. You know, you wanted a super Tuesday, a real one. Well, the irony is that almost every Tuesday has been super. Insofar as none of this reality that exists at this moment would exist or exist in this form, but for what happened on those other Super Tuesdays. That's what makes them super. 
But they all add up as somehow this year had to, didn't it? It all comes down to the last week of the season. It comes down to, you know, the playoff game. It comes down to, that's it, the last of the primaries. And the last of the primaries is five days away. And there are a few of them, but the one that everyone's looking at is California. California. Because everybody... Everybody who follows politics and and certainly, you know, you start with Bernie Sanders and Hillary Rotten Clinton. They know what they know what it means. Hillary Clinton knows what it means to win by losing. She knows what a Pyrrhic victory is. She knows what it will mean if she gets enough delegates in California to become the nominee on paper. But if from her perspective, God forbid, She loses the state of California. Can you imagine, has it ever before happened in American history? I don't know that it has. That a major party has put forth, certainly the Democrat Party, has put forth to the American people its nominee that couldn't win California. And, and, And so Hillary could win enough delegates to win the nomination on paper next Tuesday. But... She almost can't win. If she wins, everyone will say, well, of course, you know, of course she won. But look, she didn't win by much. And Bernie will have a symbolic victory. If Bernie, if Bernie loses the nomination next Tuesday, but wins the state of California, see what I mean? I mean, if he wins California and only loses it by enough that she gets enough delegates to go over the top on paper... Hillary Clinton is going to be the lamest, fattest ass duck that ever, ever lived. And that's what Doug Schoen wrote about today. And that's what people are looking for. Everything we've talked about this week, everything we've talked about this year, comes down to what happens this Tuesday, because that determines whether Hillary is a... Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.